Welcome to the Nothing in Particular show, where you sit down with a beer, cup of coffee, or a great glass of wine and have an entertaining discussion with your new besties, Breezy Weeks and Travis Cody. What will we talk about today? Nothing in particular, or whatever is top of mind. Welcome to another episode of the Nothing in Particular show. I'm Breezy Weeks. Travis Cody. Yeah, yeah. What, what? (laughs) It is officially... What? <laughs> I want to. I'm trying to think of the right words, but I'll just say it. It's officially crazy season, and I'm no. I'm not talking about politics or the economy or the fact that there's like five new different versions of the virus. I'm talking about the fact that it snowed in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that is insane. And Malibu. <laughs> oh yeah, the Malibu. That was crazy. Like it looked like. Um... Not only did they burn to the ground, then they got snow. What? <laughs> yeah, it's insane. This actually yeah. reminds me. I have I have a theory. This show is going to be the exclusive world. We were we. You've got a scoop, Breezy. You're going to have a scoop on a world changing theory, and and um, the other word escapes me. But here's my theory. Okay. In March fifteenth. Disneyland and all of the Disney worlds around the world were forced to shut down. And if you look at what's happened since that point in time, Disneyland closed. And the next week, the virus skyrocketed. The economy started to tank. Within literally two months of Disneyland closing, we started having riots, not just in America, but all over the world. And I think the reason is, is because Disneyland, it's the happiest place on earth. And we, when we closed the happy vortex on planet earth, it, it, it's literally destroying the planet. And so it's critical that we reopen Disneyland to save humanity. You can't close Disneyland. I think all of us, when Disneyland shut down, that was the most, that made us all go. That was when we were like, this is, this shape be real. Yeah, this is real because. See now, I I think if if you've seen Doctor Strange, the movie Doctor Strange. several times. (laughs) See, that movie was made after Disney bought Marvel. And I think that that movie was actually Disney's way of putting a true, like true information onto the planet. But they disguised it in a metaphor because they talked about how they had the sanctums and the sanctums created the little bubble around the earth. Mm-hmm. And if you look at where all of the Disneylands are, see, Disneyland is was the sanctums protecting our planet. And once that got shut down, that's it. Dormammu had full control. <laughs> and look at look at the results of our Earth. It's it's really been sad. Um, you know, Disney World now has been open for a while, but still Disneyland hasn't. And now they're using it for a, a vaccination site. Oh, yeah, um, that's, you know. Uh... And so it's, yeah, it's a bummer. I think we'll all have a sigh of relief when Disneyland reopens and then we know I'm going to be there literally like the second open day. I'm there. Yeah, I think we should go. This is the longest I have never been to Disneyland in my life. Yeah, I'm experiencing uh, identity crisis, (laughs) massive bouts of depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I contemplating, you know, risking it and trying to go to Disney World and, um, you know, but just 
we're a little far away. Disney if I was World, closer, Disney maybe, World just you know? isn't the same. Have you been it's to not Disney the World? Same. Uh, not since I was like a little kid. See, I was so excited because in my whole life as a kid, it was like Disney World is so much bigger and it's amazing and all that. And then I went back there and my, we were there for a week and went and I was I was yeah. I was so disappointed. Yeah. And I, I it took me a few days. I was trying to figure out why why is Disney World different? And when I say different, obviously it's bigger things are cleaner they're newer um but the energy is completely different and the employees are for sure different and i realized the difference was when disneyland opened disney walked to the streets every day like calling people out and yelling at employees like he like he was like a little mini dictator and and a dictator for culture and experience yeah and stay happy keep it happy well and it was all about the it was all about the illusion of you know it, we want a touch of reality but it, it's, it's disneyland escapism, it, it, it's you know? well yeah it's an ideal it's, it's an idealized version of how life should be right and and so when you look at disney world Disney World opened like just a few years after Disney died. And so instead of opening up with like happiest place on earth, it's like this depression. Uh, Disney's dead. Are we going to survive? And like, I kind of feel like 40 years later, you go there and man, like, I, I, at least this is my experience. I know people have great experiences, but for me, because I'd been to Disneyland so much, I was just used to super high touch, super high, uh, happy, enthusiastic employees. And man, most of the people I, met at the disney world itself the magic kingdom were like grumpy and they seemed annoyed that i was asking questions and really? no one ever wanted to help me yeah it was just yeah. weird so I, yeah i haven't been there since i was like five or something so i haven't at disney world and well and so. i think the other thing is too is it's so we have so we've got the magic kingdom and the animal kingdom and then there's hollywood studios and then there's epcot center and is there another one? I can't remember if there's another one, but it kind of felt like between Hollywood Studios and the Magic Kingdom, it's like they took California Disneyland and then broke it into it and said, hey, what if we just make it two parks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so so you got half of Disneyland in one in, in like Hollywood Studios and then half of Disneyland over in Magic Kingdom and then a couple of parts over in the, the Animal Kingdom. Epcot was <clears throat> it's very weird. It's like you're paying sixty dollars to go in and just shop in 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 culturally themed stores and restaurants yeah you know and and having you know kid kids with me if i was gonna you know be taking them um there's just so much walking it seems like and you know at disneyland alone and and going like california adventure in disneyland like often even when we lived in california for people who aren't familiar the traffic is insane so even though i lived in california often we would get a hotel room even just nearby (laughs) because we lived lived like what 15 16 miles away and you're like yeah i I don't want to deal with traffic i don't want to get a hotel and i don't want to deal with tired kids and their legs get really tired and it was was nice to have a hotel room to go back to maybe even in between and go you know chill for a little while you go you go first thing in the morning and you just cram all the rides in and then noon when all the little kids get there you go take a break yeah exactly i i agree that's and so Disney World is like, there's so much walking. Everything's so spread out. You have to go there for many, multiple days to see stuff, you know. And I just haven't um, tackled that yet with the kids. <laughs> so. have, you, uh, have you been to Disneyland during Halloween? Um, 
So we haven't gone to the special party, but um, you know, I, we I love going when they're themed, you know, decorated like themed out. And Halloween is my absolute favorite because of Jack Skellington stuff and whatever. But I haven't done the the nighttime party yet. Halloween's your favorite because you're a comic book nerd. That's why. Yeah, I. You know. It's your your opportunity to do cosplay on a non Comic Con event. <laughs> yeah, and I've gotten some like some bad rap. Like, why does she like Halloween so much? <laughs> it's I think it's just like it's that inner childhood. It's to be able to like get away with dressing up and like like I like to go to Comic Cons because it's just fun to like that inner child just being able to have fun and let go and and imaginative stuff you know i'm i'm creative like artists and it's just fun to be able to like have your great to dress up i get it i'm married Um, my wife that's her favorite month too her favorite holiday and i like halloween oh sorry i like to get like spooked you know and i like spooky things as well and horror films and stuff like that but disneyland's the the fun version of it so so for listeners that haven't been to disneyland what's kind of crazy in october is there's sort of two, you have to buy two tickets. There's a regular ticket during the day. And then at six o'clock, the park closes and you, you have to buy a new ticket to get yeah. back into Go the, to the party. party. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the ultimate, like, Hey, we're going to say, we're, we're just going to say it's a party and we'll double charge you. So, yeah. but then they have candy stations set up all over the park. So everyone comes into Disneyland and from six to midnight, everybody's just crazy costumes and you kids are going around and you can go get candy if you want to. And um, so my birthday is in October. It's in the middle of October. So for a while there, my favorite thing to do was on my birthday, I would go down and we would do Disneyland and then the Halloween party for my birthday. That was how I celebrated. And um, so we went one year and we were like, oh, this is, oh, this is okay. This is fun. And, and so then I got, so I have, I got, this is gonna be horrible. I've got to count now. Well, at the time I had uh, three nieces, right? Okay. And, and so after this one year, the next year, I, I told my wife, I said, what if we go to Disneyland and we dress up, but let's take really big bags and let's just go see how much candy we can collect in this six hour. She's like, we, we don't eat, we don't really eat a lot of candy. And I said, no, no, we'll just go gather as much as we can. And then I'll, we'll, we'll send it to our nieces. Oh, <laughs> so we're just going and, you know, we've gone a ride and then we go and we, whatever. And we had these big bags and man, I, by the end of the night, like my arms were so tired from carrying candy and those like big bags. And there was these two guys in front of us and they were from Australia and they had like, a, if you took a, a sandwich baggie, Ziploc baggie, like that's about how much candy they had. And I was like, oh, you guys are amateurs. And they turn around. I got this. I got this bag. It was like a carry-on suitcase of candy. And so we, 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 we got, had a hotel. So we got back to the hotel and, and put all the candy in one bag. <laughs> and I'm looking at it going, this is just like a disgusting amount of candy. I'm like, I wonder how much we have. And I happen to have a, um, a luggage scale. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting this on the air. So, <laughs> so I, I, I weighed the bag. We had oh, 38 no. pounds of candy. No, I was going to say like 10 at the most. 38 pounds of candy. Whoa. I told you it was disgusting. That is, yeah. So I go to the, I go to the, I go to the post office and I get medium sized, like flat rate bag. Uh, oh man. Yeah. And then I'm like, I had one for each niece and I'm just looking at how big the box is. 
and I don't, I don't think that maybe did not even a third of the candy that we had. And I was just looking wow. at that going, I like, if I send more, I'm, th this alone, if I send this box alone, my siblings are going to absolutely hate me. I can't send any more. I'm like, but I'm already, but you know, I'm an uncle, so I can get away with doing like really crazy, dumb things. Like I'm going to send you 15 pounds of candy for yeah. Halloween. Oh man. We were wow. giving candy to everyone we saw for a month. We were, which was nice in Santa Monica. Every time a security officer, I'm like, Hey, you want five pounds of candy? Here you go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, know. I yeah, probably and set a record. You know, I also love going around the holidays because of the treats that they sell. And like, I mean, me and my daughter, uh, you know, we just like plan what treats we're going to go Ha like go and discover and usually we used to go like on youtube and like um look at some like youtubers disney youtubers and get ideas but last halloween that we went to they had now a special map menu for the halloween treats what? and it yeah and i was like way to go disney like and they had it all mapped out where you could find the different halloween treats and where and mapped out so you could easily find them and i was like that's awesome this is brilliant you know so that was like perfect and we loved yeah, it yeah i have i have few regrets in life but the one one regret that i have is that i didn't buy the disney disneyland timeshare when i had the chance to in 2006. yeah it was like at the time it was like 40 40 how much was it? it was like 40 dollars a point i think is what it was and i checked like three months ago and it's up to 240 dollars per point yeah. <laughs> that's how much it's gone up wow yeah yeah and then didn't you was it that birthday didn't you rent like a really great hotel room yeah, so or you something? can yeah no you can so disney has a timeshare and they have one, two, and three bedroom villas, essentially on the far end of the Grand California Hotel. Okay. And all of the villas are looking out over um, California Adventure. And you can actually rent those because there are people that have timeshares, but they, they just don't, they can't make it out. And so you can actually rent their points from them. So I rented a, a one bedroom villa for a couple of days for for Christmas. It was a Christmas present to myself. I'd always wanted to do it. It was awesome. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, that would be fun. I see. I've never gone around Christmas and that's like my bucket list. And I was like last. You've never been at Christmas? No. So I early what? early 2020, we were like um, we went to the last time we went to Disney was like the end of 2019. And so last time we went out to California, which was right before COVID majorly hit, it was Jan end of January is right about this time. Exactly. And instead of Disney this time, we went to universal, but which, you know, I'm like, dang it, but we had a good time. <laughs> so not knowing, you had know. you known, I know. And so I thought I was planning, I was like, you know what, we'll go to Disney, maybe, you know, for Christmas this year, 2020, <laughs> not knowing, you know, uh, and so all right, yeah, that's it. 2021 bucket list. families are meeting up. Yeah, because I heard like, you know, they pump like I heard, you know, Disneyland already does this like around Halloween and they do it um, normally for like, um, I think they pump scent into the air. Yep. And so they do like Christmas, they do like gingerbread and all these uh, yummy, amazing. like, ugh, I just want to experience that and the treats and I mean, usually 
we don't even like dine into like any of the restaurants because we end up just mapping out all these treats that we want to eat and we just take turns like hitting all these little you know stations and like everybody gets to choose their own <laughs> yeah like share a corn dog share this uh one corn dog one the you know we just kind of like try everything so um often we don't even like it's, sit down at a restaurant it's amazing I, I can't even explain how amazing it is it's like my favorite place on the planet during christmas time so because they just it's just a sickening amount of lights so at nighttime as soon as it's five six o'clock there's just crazy insane christmas lights ever christmas lights christmas music they Fun. do their fireworks show and then they actually make it snow on snow. main street yeah, yeah it's, that's uh, what i heard yeah. it's just it's it's ridiculous that's i love great. it great i just god bless walt disney there's like a joke you know like i sometimes think that like i enjoy it more than my kids now and <laughs> my husband downs like he always he's like yeah like i'm okay and let me just say like you know, being a native Californian, like we went to Disney probably more often than most people, but not a lot. And back then we thought like a $20 ticket was expensive, you know? Um, but then there was a big gap where I didn't attend Disney. Cause like I grew up, I had my, um, my graduation party kind of thing was at Disneyland that we had, um, where the, all so the schools kind of meet up there and we had a grad night and it was at Disneyland. And I was, so wanted you know, to do that. Our school, oh, our, our, so fun. our school district made it so that no one could leave the state of Utah. Oh, and we had literally, I was in the, whatever it is, like the class presidency when I was a sophomore and we started a Disneyland fund specifically. So for our senior trip, we could go to Disneyland for, we were going to, you know, it's going to be like three days, drive down, spend a night, do Disneyland, do the grad night and then drive back. And then the year I was a senior. So we ended up having this huge fund of money that was just for the Disneyland trip. And then like, yeah, you can't go anywhere. And so to this day, my, my class 25 years later, I only have like tens of thousands of dollars it's in sitting an account there. that's just sitting there oh man yeah. yeah it was you know and so we we did grad night but then after you know I, that i think that was probably my last time there was a big gap from like 18 19 to like maybe since you know 28 29 when i went back to disneyland that i didn't go i just you know as an adult i was just like ah i don't really care um, to go. I just had other things to do. It seemed expensive, you know, when you're single, you don't have a lot of tickets were outrageous. And then fast forward, I have kids. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, you know, let's, let's take them to Disneyland. The first time we went, we only took Amelie. She was like five for her first time. I wanted her to be old enough to kind of know what was happening. Right. And we only took her because Knox was so little. It's just like, he's not going to remember <laughs> We want to have a special time with her. And then when he's a little bit older and can have a good time and enjoy it, you know. Um, so like, you know, from then that point on, when I took her back, I just, you know, my love for it just reignited. <laughs> and then it just like grew substantially over the years where I'm just like this total Disney like geek and uh, you know, I'm I have like my bucket list is to go to the other ones around the world, you know. So that's I do too. I, so I was just reading something about um, uh, Disneyland Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, and I, so I didn't realize <clears throat> that they, 
So first off, the one of the designers said they were in Hong Kong and they were trying to find they couldn't find any land anywhere. So they were about to give up. And, and he said the day they were leaving, the mayor of Hong Kong's like, hey, well, let's let me take you around in a helicopter. And they're like, okay. So they're flying around and the mayor points down. And he's like, what do you think about right there? And he's like, and I'm looking around and there's nothing. It's just water. And he said, where? I see land. They're like, no, right, right below you. And he's like, yeah, that's, uh, that's water. That's ocean. And the mayor said, yeah, but it's available land that the government owns and we can reclaim that. And so the city of Hong Kong reclaimed an entire bay and drained all the water just for Disneyland. And then they wanted to respect the culture. So Disneyland, the Disneyland Hong Kong was designed in conjunction and working with a Feng Shui master. Wow. So the entire park is like totally Feng Shui'd out. And uh, the, the, the designer said he feels like that in spirit, because there was so much intention put into the detail to be able to meet all of the principles of Feng Shui, he said the only other park in there in, that they have that is close to that is Disneyland because Disney himself was obsessive about all of the details in Disneyland. In fact, if you want to read a really amazing book about everything that went into the building of Disneyland itself, there's a book called Walt Disney and the Promise of Progress City. And it, it's about his ideas for what Epcot was originally supposed to be. So Epcot stands for Experimental Prototype City of Tomorrow. So he wasn't planning to build a theme park. He was literally building a city. Wow. And Disney World was part of the, the, the investors were basically said, you have to build another theme park for us to give you money to go build a city. Um, so the book is about his vision for what the city could have been, but it also goes into crazy detail about everything that went into the building of Disney. So when you read that, man, the appreciation for the thought and the intention behind literally every single thing in the park from what, where every bench was placed to the way the buildings look to the way the, the park was laid out, like everything was super, super intentional. Yeah. Wow. I didn't yeah. even know that about the Hong Kong one. That's yeah, amazing. I didn't either. And after that, I'm like, I want to go now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I was just thinking when you were talking, I was like thinking he probably like back in the day when he started Disneyland, he thought, oh, I'm going to pick this land way out here where there's not much going on. And now it's just like, it's so weird because you you go all the way down to Anaheim and there's just all this hustle bustle the city and everything you get closer and closer to Disneyland and then you just you're immersed in this world that just and it takes you away and you're still like you're in Anaheim you know it's just it's just amazing how it can it takes you away even oh it's funny how they argued with him because he wanted 300 acres and then not not only three years after the park he was like I made a huge mistake I should have bought thousands of acres and so when then yeah. when he went to Disneyland to, to Florida, they ended up I think they ended up with twenty six thousand acres because wow. he's like I'm not going to make that mistake again. So have you seen like the Star Wars land or what? I don't know what they officially the Galaxy's Edge. I guess they I haven't it. because who cares about Ray and I know that you like him because <laughs> oh, he's I, I I know you like him because he's a Calvin Klein model, but his Kylo character. Ren. <laughs> his character was so weak um yeah that actually i didn't go because of that because i just seriously I, yeah i didn't like i i thought the the three movies were just weak sauce i, th- I thought it was they were and we've had this discussion i thought they were yes, we massively have. insulting to fans of star wars which i'm not the only one because um 
I don't know if you've been seeing the news, but uh, they're actually they they're commissioning a study, and right now it's like ninety percent certain that Disney's going to put in probably a hundred million dollars to completely gut out and redo the Star Wars land and make it so that it's Mandalorian themed. Really? Yeah, because n- literally no one is going to the new Resistance land that is there, and mm. and, and not not just that. So like in the history of Disneyland, whenever they've opened a new park, a new land like Cars Land and. You know, all the, the then they had um, they opened up a new Hollywood version and then they had Bugs Land and yeah. whenever they've released a new land, uh, attendance in the summertime has gone up crazy numbers like thirty percent. So when they built the Disney the Star Wars land, they were they're going this is you know, Star Wars is the biggest property in, in the planet. Like we're probably gonna they even said I don't know if you remember I was living there when it opened. They they were talking this is gonna be record breaking attendance, right? So they even raised the prices. Well not only did they not have record breaking attendance, attendance actually dropped by some big number, like 20%. Wow. And that was that was the first time in Disneyland history that that had ever happened. It, it was such a disaster that they the Bob Iger actually fired an entire department of, of theme park employees. Like there used to be a, a woman who was the president of Disneyland Parks West. <clears throat> she was over Disneyland, Disney World and Disney Paris. And then she had a whole team and they were the ones directly responsible for the rollout of uh, Galaxy's Edge and it rolled out in June and August her and that entire department was they were all fired and the department was closed and that department no longer exists. So, uh, yeah. So with, um, the Mandalorian being so huge, they, and the other thing was I was talking to somebody who works at Disney and in star Wars land, they actually have the character Ray and they have Kylo Ren and they have, you know, the Wookiee and, uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. Well, no one is actually going to see Kylo Ren or Ray. People are going to go see Chewbacca and Darth Vader. And yeah. so, so they were just like, uh, nobody, nobody actually, but you know, from a, from a, from a mythology standpoint, it makes sense. Like Kylo Ren and Ray are, they don't have really very good backstories and they pretty much end up the trilogy where they started. So there was no significant growth. There was no significant challenge. Unlike, I mean, just put it in perspective. Let's look at the original star Wars. So we, that would be episode four, five, and six. You have Luke Skywalker. He's a cocky farm boy whose parents get murdered. And then he goes and he, he gets trained by this guy who's, you know, a, a wizard, basically. And that guy was one of the most powerful wizards of all time. And he goes up against the evil wizard, Darth Vader, and he dies. So, like, the most powerful guy gets ki- That's, like, how scary Darth Vader is to the point where after he dies, Luke Skywalker standing there and Ben Kenobi's just like, run for your life. That's what he tells him to do. Yeah. So he, crazy tra- tragedy. And then he what his one skill is what? He's a pilot. And so he goes up and he uses his skill that he has already developed that is very clear backstory behind it. And he uses that to save the day. The second movie, he has a tiny bit of training. He goes up against the bad guy, gets the crap kicked out of him, gets his arm cut off, <laughs> barely escapes with his life. And you're like, oh, and they all set back. And you, one guy gets captured. One guy's in carbonite. He gets his hand cut off. So when you go into the third movie, like Darth Vader is terrifying. He's yeah. terrifying. Mm-hmm. Compare that to Kylo Ren. He comes along and uh, two minutes into it, he takes his helmet off. And you're like, well, there goes all that mystery. 
And then okay. he tries to then he tries <laughs> to use the force on this girl who doesn't even know what the force is, and she resists him somehow. And then they have a sword fight at the end of the movie, and she beats him. So, okay, like, so the second uh, movie, there's no threat. She already beat. He's not scary. There's no terror there. Let's not blame it all on Kylo Ren. We just had this discussion the other day because we were watching um, the Rise of Skywalker. The other night came on, and, ah. me and so me and Dallin were having this challenge again and like rewriting how we thought think it should have been rewrote, or you know originally wrote. Um, and yeah, I honestly personally didn't have an attachment to Ray at all. Um, well, again, there's nothing, though, there's nothing to know, really like. She's kind of blank as a character. Yeah, Ridley, and, I, I mean, it sucks because really D Daisy Ridley is such a good actress. Yeah. And she got put in this role and I'm like, oh, you feel so bad for her because she's getting like dumped on like, ah, I'm like, what? She wasn't a blank of wood. The character was a blank of wood. Right. It's not her. But and all the other characters like Finn and um, Poe, like I feel like so much potential for those guys. Right. And I I think, too, what you need to do is you need to pull at people's heartstrings, kind of like everyone survived. And I just felt like, too, that kind of was like it was too happy. The, like the nobody... one redeeming moment, <clears throat> the yeah. one re like Finn, Finn is going to sacrifice himself. And that would have been so gut wrenching if he would have crashed into that machine and destroyed it. But no, yeah. no. What's her name comes along and stops him. And it's like, OK, so you're you're saving the guy you love and by doing so you're basically condemning everyone in the the base to death okay <laughs> what yeah i felt like there needed to be more like you have to have some loss you know so you feel like um and i think like a lot of people who really like sci-fi like can understand this because I, and i'm not going to get in this topic because this is like a whole podcast in itself doctor but like who? you know i'm a big fan <laughs> i'm a big fan of doctor who how did i know we were and going there <laughs> they're so good at writing and like writing people like off and on and you, you know you, you mean they were hurt a little bit they were good so, at writing people <laughs> exactly so we'll, we have to talk about that that's a whole like that's I'll the next go on, episode i'll go on for hours but they did that with one character in particular this girl clara and it just made you so like sick of her kind of her character because they dragged her on for so long. You got to kind of like end somebody so that you miss them. And, you know, so like, you know, people who watch Mandalorian, the last episode, if you haven't, uh, don't spoiler listen to this because we're going to talk spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. But, you know, seeing Luke in that scene, you know, I mean, everyone was just like so excited again because we had that loss you know and like and we had tragedy with him over the years that we thought we lost him where is he he almost died and then he's gone and then she and i mean there's so much you know that right. pulls at you um that well it's not what's a what's fascinating about um i actually did a podcast episode about this years ago my all things hollywood show it. like yeah. so ryan johnson was nominated for academy award for knives out and i haven't seen it so that's the guy that wrote the last jedi guy nominated for academy award and, and when you think about it so there's a storyline in the last jedi where uh finn and rose have to go find the computer hacker right yeah. so there's this whole secondary storyline with them going through all this crazy stuff to get the thing and then and then they get back and what ends up happening at the end of the day nothing the guy doesn't exist and they were lied to which essentially means if you took out 40 minutes of movie it doesn't change the main story at all mm -hmm. like that is 
such horror like amateur <laughs> screenwriters know not to make that mistake and this guy got paid millions of dollars in a 200 million dollar movie that 40 minutes of movie that literally has no bearing or effect on the main storyline at all mm-hmm. like it's it it's so horrifically amateur and bad it's astounding <clears throat> and then they're wondering like why all the fans hated the movie it's like you just had this whole storyline of 40 minutes of my life that in the end you were like eh, didn't really matter well, right. then why is it there why i mean you know personally i you know me we've talked about this before <laughs> and i i like kylo ren character but i think they i was actually uh, disappointed with the whole Ben Solo thing towards the end. I I, I was, and I, I like the villains again. And so for me, like making him seem like such a, like, like he's supposed to be this villain and everything he's tormented. It just seems so quickly he was to change over, you know? Yeah. And then yeah, all of a sudden was it was no like, struggle. yeah. And, and I was like, no man. And then, you know, and then and me and my husband are like, and Dallin's like, yeah, but now he's like a good guy. I'm like, I don't want the good guy. I want him to be mean and evil. Whereas we, we, <laughs> we need that. I was hoping to see like her change maybe to the dark side because that's what I feel like we kind of need to see more too. Like you can't, need to see can't that have, you're- You can't have uh, evil patriarchy uh, corrupting pure innocent woman into the dark side, Breezy. That would be blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, <laughs> but we need to see how um, susceptible you can be yeah, how to the dark side. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I mean, not just that. I think like- um, I don't know. Yeah, I just I feel like they could have just made it a little more intense with him, a little more torment. I wouldn't have wrote they, him off. They like, could have just not spit in the face of all of the Star Wars fans in existence, and it would have been an okay movie. But no, they just <laughs> double down on the spitting in their face. Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, that's kind of what it felt like. Well, that's, 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 that's what's so interesting to see what'll happen with <clears throat> uh, where they're going with all of the TV shows. Yeah, because there's already been some interesting um, changes in the story. So in the Rise of Skywalker towards the end there, there's, <clears throat> you know, when she's having all of the Jedi come to help her, you clearly hear uh, Ahsoka Tan's voice, which the only way she could hear her voice is if Ahsoka Tan w- was dead. Well, it, in the Star Wars lore, now I'm going to really geek out on you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you, you're the Doctor Who geek. I'll be the Star Wars geek. All right. In the Star Wars lore, uh, Ahsoka Tan actually gets killed by uh, Anakin right after he becomes Darth Vader. So Ahsoka Tan died in the canon years and years and years before the Mandalorian took place. So in the Mandalorian, when she showed up in the show, that essentially means that the Mandalorian is set in a different timeline than the actual episodes uh, seven, eight, and nine. Okay. So that possibly means that the TV series could be attempting to rewrite the history and giving us a Luke Skywalker that doesn't ever become disgruntled and bitter old man. And so one of the things that's interesting is that Favreau has said that their intention is, I think they've got three or four main shows that are coming out. So there's Mandalorians continuing, 
Ahsoka Tan, they're gonna have Boba Fett, and then I, there's um, <clears throat> there's something else. Yeah, I, I forget what the other one is. But they have said that they're going to attempt to mimic and replicate what Marvel has done with their movies, but they're going to do it with TV shows. So you're going to have four different individual TV shows <clears throat> all running their own storylines, but all of those storylines are going to be interweaved. And he said that after a point, all four storylines in those shows will converge in one main point, and they're going to uh, resolve that in a feature film. Now, theory, possibly, it would be interesting if they go ahead with all of these shows and they're doing these timelines. And when they finally announce the movie, they announce that it's actually episode seven in the new timeline. Hmm. Yeah. That would blow people's minds. That would be a slap to Kathleen Kennedy's face. Hey, you know those three movies you made? Ah, we're erasing those. Canceled. You're canceled. (laughs) Cancel culture. Uh, Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's insane. They do that. It just hurts my head. The fact they're even attempted. It's never been done. It's never been attempted in in TV history before. I can't believe when people can do that kind of thing. Like when you're saying that, yeah, it's like, it, it literally hurts to think. And there's people that are thinking this out and they, they manage to do it again. Same thing happens with Dr. Who so much where something from years ago will come 20 back. years ago comes yeah pops back up it comes back and they explain that moment and then you're like oh my gosh how how do they fit that in there and then you have to go back again and, and rewatch, which is I just like cobra kai point. except when they do it they do the flashback to the movie and they show you the scene you're like they oh show you yeah <laughs> this is like star wars is like doctor who you need to be like a total nerd and you you know they'll they're not going to give you little clues you got to go back yourself and figure oh, it out man my my brother and my cousin are bigger star wars nerds than me and they're watching the mandalorian and they're like oh my gosh this episode here that totally ties back into like season three episode whatever of the clone wars cartoon oh and this thing over here that comes out of like star wars rebels cartoon and season one episode eight and i'm like what yeah, and so, here, here, yeah. here's Mandalorian with this, you know, little creature, the baby Grogu, the you know, baby Yoda Grogu, who, you know, is like just this cute little adorable thing that can't really talk. And, you know, this thing steals the show probably more than like you're saying that the, the Ray and Kylo Ren characters, you know, well, I, I can guarantee you that uh, baby Grogu has sold more toys and more merchandise collectively than probably all three of the last Star Wars films combined. Yeah, probably. And they weren't even planning that because they didn't have merchandise ready. Yeah. When Mandalorian first came out. Well, it's because um, John Favreau had enough power where he actually was able to convince uh, Bob Iger at Disney to not do any merchandise. Because when he started doing the show, the merchandising department went, oh my gosh, this is a gold mine. And he said, no, 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 we can't. It'll come, because, it'll leak out yeah, because it'll leak out and then people yeah. will know. And so he actually made them not, and they got really mad because they were like, but you're releasing in December. And they, they're like, we lost our window. But I, I think they made up for it the uh, second season. Oh gosh. It was so Have you seen the so uh, baby Grogu Instagram accounts? No, like there's, there's, so, there's so many baby Yoda meme <laughs> accounts on Instagram and they're freaking hilarious. So My wife cute. follows like three of them every day. She's showing me like two or three things. <laughs> 
well, I got to hurry to Disneyland now because I need to go see the Rise of the Resistance if they're going to get rid of it. Yeah, you better. That, I was looking forward to that. Now, I think they still should keep it, but more maybe change over more to Darth Vader because you got to have the evil. Like, this is... I think what they're going to do is they're going to convert half of the land over to Mandalorian and they're going to keep half of it uh, New Resistance. And I say okay. New Resistance. They're All of the part that's the New Resistance, they'll probably turn into Mandalorian. Okay. And then they'll keep the area that has the Millennial Falcon. Yeah. And they're, I bet they'll watch and they'll see how people respond. And if, if, if merchandise sales go through the roof and characters start getting people coming in, it's only a matter of time before they essentially completely erase the new resistance and just replace it with the, the Mandalorian. They got to keep the Falcon. They got to keep the Millennium Falcon. I mean, that's, I heard that that is the, the closest replica, like replica size of what the actual, actual Millennium Falcon, it would be Isn't um, crazy. And I was a huge, uh, you know, as a little girl, I was a huge fan. We, me and my, um, my brother, uh, he had a Millennium Falcon. God, I wish I had it to this day as the original. And I just loved playing with that. And I still have, well, actually my doll, cause I wasn't really a fan of dolls much, but my doll quote was a, I think it was about 15 inch size uh plastic hard plastic of chewabaca and that was like my baby doll and i would dress him up <laughs> and and when i met dallin we were dating um and right after we had gotten married i was telling him my story i missed my chewabaca i didn't have him anymore and i would tell him the story about it and the guy went and found one for me <laughs> an original Aww. just like my original and i have him now to this day so he's my my toy my chewabaca we, you need to take a picture and that should be our new um our new album cover that's our yeah <laughs> baby chewbacca toy and now i heard the rumor maybe if you've heard this as well that toontown is is a no go anymore they're they're going to pull out toontown what do you think I don't know. Probably it's, I mean, it's, it's so nineties. I, I know. I never, was, <laughs> yeah, I was never into nineties. It. Uh. It's like Ro Roger Rabbit. They're going to do, I mean, though, at this point in time, whether it's going to go Pixar land. <laughs> yeah. But the, well, the only problem is, is that Mickey and Minnie Mouse live there. So what are they, are they evicting Mickey and Minnie Mouse? They got to keep Mickey and Minnie. I, I mean, mean, how are they going to do there? It is California. Maybe them. Gavin Newsom's like, sorry, Mickey, no more, uh, no more rental. Uh, I'm raising the rent for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to You got to be part of our homeless population, just like the other oh, 60,000 people in Southern California. So sad. <laughs> yeah, that I yeah. so I'm going to go make a short film now, of like oh. Mickey Mouse living under a bridge. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, no, that's so horrible. I shouldn't even say that. Now, earlier you mentioned Disneyland Paris, which I have been to. I know. Rub it in. And that was amazing. OK. Um. If you haven't so gone, so can you buy wine at Disneyland Paris? Uh, good question. I didn't really look into that. Actually, <laughs> um, you know, publicly we, she says publicly. All right, all right. <laughs> I um, didn't look into it that hard. Can neither yeah, confirm nor de 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 deny whether or not I may have had a glass of wine and, at dinner. <laughs> well, yeah, it's we didn't really like stay until. Okay, so we didn't stay really until dark because you know what? You don't need to. Uh, like, you get through all the rides. Um, so we were in Paris uh, early 219, 2019, whatever. And um, I went with some friends and I took Amelie, my daughter, uh, with me. And uh, it's, maybe it's because Paris is like an hour away, Disney, Disneyland Paris and, and the 
town of Paris is about an hour drive out of Paris. Uh, that maybe that's why there's why no- are they calling it Disney Paris? Well, it's, yeah, it's like maybe that's why it wasn't crowded. But I guess this is typical of it. It's not crowded. It's it's such an amazing it's experience. Because the French don't like to be entertained. <laughs> They're like Americans. No, I don't know. You need your American culture, no. That's totally cultural and appropriate. Just <laughs> I'm just gonna tag that or not. Just tease it. Um, but it was a really fun experience. Like I went with a my other friend of mine and Amelie, and then her little friend Cannon went with us, and we just had such a blast. I think the longest we waited was Haunted Mansion, um, or they call it the Haunted Manor, and it was probably about 20 minutes. And other than that, you walk on to every ride, Pirates of the Caribbean, walk on Space Mountain, which they might have a different name for it. I don't remember. Um, I think we went like about three different times and you just walk right on. And it's Space Mountain is like a mind blower. It's if you you have to go if you're you're have to be okay with like a really super fast roller coaster it's um i know that they said that it tries to kind of uh make you feel like you have like actual g-force feeling on you oh wow yeah it's like your face is just like so is it like the one in disneyland where it still has all the music and all that stuff too um i'm trying to remember because it's been a while since i went to space mountain and disneyland but because my kids don't usually want to go on it because it's too scary for them. And when we went to the Disneyland Paris, Amelie wouldn't even go on it with me. I actually went on with my friend's kid because he was a little more brave. (laughs) And I didn't know what to expect. And I get in there thinking, oh, it's just like Space Mountain and Disneyland, you know, no big deal, roller coaster in the dark. It was amazing. It was like you're flying, um, like as if you're a star wars like you know battleship or whatever you call them i'm sorry like i'll, I'll butcher whatever X-wing. those yeah oh, like so it was, star, it was star wars themed yes it's like you're an x-wing yes you know they actually <laughs> yeah. so they did that at disneyland but it was only for like six months so okay. i don't think it may maybe did maybe paris they kept it there but yeah i wanted they called it hyperspace mountain yep yeah. And yeah, they had the TIE fighters flying around and the Star Wars music playing. And yep, that's yeah, that was amazing. And I went back and it wasn't there anymore. What happened? They're like, oh, that was only for a little bit. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, but it's like a high end um, roller coaster where you're feeling G force. It's that fast on you. And I, I'm pretty sure if I remember, it has like those this kind of straps that come down the kind of, you know, restraints that come down over you like a real ro- roller coaster. Cause I mean, you're going fast. So it's, it's pretty fun to go. You have to experience it. Um, and like Indiana Jones was a lot different. Uh, there was just, yeah, it was just a really fun experience. And like, even the restaurants, I took a picture of me, like sitting in one of the restaurants, just like, you know, barely any people there. And it was just amazing. Um, so I definitely want to like go back again and stay at the, one of the hotels like on site too, and maybe spend a couple days there. We didn't go to the, they have like a, I think like they call it maybe a Hollywood studios or something like that too. Um, but we didn't go to that park. We just kind of, we only had time to hit one for that day, but it was a blast and we had a great time. So I would definitely recommend if you're out there, make a trip of that. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Bucket list number two. <laughs> Disneyland, Paris, check. Yep. Yep. 
Well, all right. I think we're, um, I don't know, we started at California in lockdowns and then, hey, we ended up at Disney. So I guess I, that's good. Good. Nothing in particular show for the day. You can't go wrong with Disney. You know, you can't. I mean, like I said, I think, you know, the 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 sec- the third wave is just going to be worse. You watch as soon as they reopen Disneyland, all oh, everything's going to plummet. No. Peace is going to be restored <laughs> to the planet Earth. The virus is going to go away. <laughs> okay, in a good way. Yeah. And we'll get back so. to we'll get back to normal life. Not a new normal, normal life. Normal 2019 life. <laughs> oh. Yeah, if we could go back in time. <laughs> Who knew? One day we would look at to back on 2019 with uh, fond memories <laughs> and longing. <laughs> exactly. So sad. Uh, all right, everybody. Until next time, this is Travis Cody. Breezy Weeks. <laughs> <laughs>